All right, Upper Cup Podcast, we are back. And boys, I got to say, I'm pretty fucking pumped up for this coming year. I think we're headed into a really eventful year of UFC. Been a lot of shit going on outside the cage. A lot of killer fights lined up. Hammy Sosa said he's bringing crab mac and cheese mac Saturday to watch the fights. Oh, no doubt. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> mac and cheese? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. That's crab awesome. mac. Me and my girl are going to put a spread on the Eagles game Saturday. It's it's gonna be a great event. It's off for the main event. Sounds like a fun. Sounds like a fun event, dude. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. And dude, I gotta say, I've been loving the NFL and UFC Saturdays. Oh, it's wonderful. It really is. It makes up for the last. It reminds me of when there was college football and UFC Saturdays. Those were nice. Yeah, I agree. Unless you and, don't got the two TVs set up, then it fucking stinks. That's true. <laughs> My roommates and I had the three uh, TV set up, so it was very nice. We would put all of our TVs out in one area. Yeah, um, when you're breaking your neck to look on the fucking little phone. Yeah, yeah. fuck that. Or the yeah, laptop TV Like you're watching combo. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, out of here. I mean, this card will be the laptop TV combo, if you guys know what I'm saying. But... Uh, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> also boys i'll be in pa so maybe i'll maybe i'll uh i don't know how far away that is i'm pretty sure it's pretty close i'll be in the new jersey pa area on saturday so bedford, oh, bedford pa i don't know where i'm going but yeah um <laughs> get us into it mikey all right so our all-time picks heading into this card are i'm at 17 17 2 and 1 on nyquil fight of the nights jeff's at 19 and 14 2 and 0 hammy sosa lock of the nights Jeff, what what you can lie or you can tell the truth. What was your backup Hammy Sosa lock of the night last week? Dude, I uh, for the I list mean, list. not gonna lie, it was Nurmurga Madoff. Yeah. But he just felt like too much of a lock. I felt like kind of shake trying to give that one out. Yeah. For the listeners, um, it was Kashweda and then and then Eubanks missed weight and then got cut. So that's why the that's why the Hammy Sosa lock got voided. In case you didn't listen to the last episode. So Max, you're sitting at 19 and 15 all time. And I think uh Jeff, you are winning the verdict as we sit now. And the verdict will be linked in our bio. Join up. If we get enough people, say what, 10 to 20 people, maybe somewhere in that range, we'll put a cash prize for the winner. It's free, it's easy. All you do is pick around, pick how you'll win. I mean, click the link, download the app. It's easy enough. Yeah. The link will the link in our is in the description. It'll bring you right to our verdict uh league. So verdict is just a quick app that you can download and literally make picks on the last five fights of the main event card. Um so yeah, join that join the uppercut league. Yeah, not to mention we're starting out the year with an awesome interview me and Max did today. Be sure to tune into that. Should be out before Saturday. Yeah. I'm I'm right, thinking Max. Yeah, I'm thinking we're gonna drop it. Um this will be coming out Friday morning. I think we're going to drop the Joe Selecki interview on Saturday morning. Uh, we had been teasing it in the past episode. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. If it's not out on Saturday morning, it'll be out the next week. But it'll be out soon for sure. Yeah, we got to drop that, bitch. We've been teasing that for like two or three episodes now. We have. <laughs> it's a very good interview. I think it's worth the wait. That He was one of the better interviews we've had for sure. All right, well, let's get into this card. UFC 283, we're back in Rio de Janeiro. I'm pretty fucking disappointed they didn't put big money Moicano on it. He was the guy I think really missed out, him and Oliveira, but you take what you can get. So first fight we're going to highlight, we got Ismail Bonfim taking on T-Rex, Terrence McKinney. 
Terrence McKenney is a fan favorite around the UFC world. He's a guy who brings it early. He makes the first round of every fight must-watch TV. And of the two Bonfim brothers, this guy is a little, I would say, less skilled, I guess you could say, but he's way more exciting. He's the same same exact thing, brings it early, goes for finishes, and this is going to be my night cool fight of the night, boys. Nice. Uh, Max, what do you think about this fight? Well, Bonfim is 18-3. and three. He's on a 12-fight win streak, and this is his UFC uh, debut. He was on the Dana White Contender Series. Terrence McKinney is 13-4 and four and is coming off of a submission win over Eric Gonzalez. Um, I looking into this for the prep, I didn't realize how solid of a wrestling background uh, McKinney had. He was a standout wrestler in high school and then went to North Idaho College to wrestle before transferring to Shadron State College to wrestle. So he's a really strong wrestling background, but he's mostly known for his insane power striking. And Bonfim is a really solid boxer, but I think Terrence McKinney has more ways to beat him. And I, I just think that, um, Terrence McKinney is going to get it done. I, I let, I'm going to a common theme throughout this card is that one, there's a ton of UFC debuts um, against like more skilled fighters that have been around the block a lot more. And I think I'm going to fade most of those UFC debuts, if not all of them, because the fighters that they are taking on are just really skilled. And this is a pay-per-view to make your de- debut on. You have to be a really special fighter to get a win, especially against like a proven veteran like that. Um, Bonfim, the only really worry I have is that, um, Terrence McKinney throws these like big looping shots and like kind of leaves himself open for a counter strike where that can get him knocked out. We've seen that happen to him before, so I'm a little worried about that. But to me, I'm taking Terrence McKinney as my first pick. Jeff, let's hear your synopsis. Yeah, looking when I first saw this fight, I was like, why the fuck is are they feeding someone Terrence McKinney on their debut? Like, what what kind of shit was that? And then I started looking at Bonfim's uh, past and his history a little bit. Dude, he was an animal on the regional scene. I see why. I mean, his last loss was in 2014 to old Money Moicano, as you were talking about earlier. I mean, he's a fucking animal. But that being said, I can't go against Terrence. I mean, he's just a different level. I think Terrence definitely a future contender i've been heavy on the terrence hype train and it's not fucking coming off the rails now give me terrence and i think he's gonna get it first round he just he has everything you want he has a little bit of a grappling background like max said but he doesn't rely on it at all he really relies on heavy fucking strikes heavy in a first round too what's not to love about terrence yeah, the Bonfim brothers definitely ran through the regional scene, and they're going to have Brazil on fire, but I just think this is just a bad matchup for a UFC debut. So on to the next fight we have. Oh, Mikey, real quick. I just wanted us to talk about um, – we didn't make have to make picks for this one because I think it's really unpickable, and I believe they both came in at even odds. But um, Worley Alves versus Nicholas Dalby. Uh, Alves, 15-5, coming off of a KO loss to Jeremiah Wells. Nick Dalby is 24 and 24 and one. So 24 losses and one uh, and is coming off of a win over Claudio Silva. These guys are both so goddamn wishy-washy that this fight is like way too hard for us to pick. However, uh, if both of these guys are on, this is going to be a fucking banger. So I just wanted to highlight that to be on the lookout for this fight. Um, it could either be a fucking shit fest or 
it could be a banger depending on if guys if both the guys are on or not. Um, like I said, both these guys are really wishy-washy, so it's hard to pick. So we didn't make picks for this fight. Yeah, it seemed like the perfect fight to put in the beginning of the card with that kind of potential, to me at least. Yeah, exactly. So the next fight we had up, we have Shamil Abdurakhimov, who has notable wins throughout his career. He's a little on the older side. He's on a three-fight loss streak all by finishes, and he's coming up in a really tough matchup against one of the top prospects. I mean, you could probably say Jailton Almeida, Bo Nickel, Shavkat Rachmanov, probably the top three. And he's just having his way with whoever the hell he wants right now. And I think, let's just be real here, these happen in the UFC all the time. They feed these old notable guys to, you know, an up-and-comer who just absolutely rolls them just so they can get a notable win under their belt. I don't even think it's going to be close. Jailton's going to have his way. Shamil's on the way out. I It's going to be ugly, boys. I really think this is going to be an ugly one. Jeff, what do you think? Yeah, I'm right with you. I mean... I see no way fucking Shamil survives this. There's a fucking reason why Jalton's sitting at minus 1,100. And if I was a bitch, I'd pick that as the hammy says of the lock of the night. But I'm not. So, yeah, I'm definitely rocking with Jalton on this, though. He might as well be my lock of the night because he might kill him, honestly. (laughs) Jalton's, like, on the total opposite, like, streak as Shamil right now. Shamil, he barely fights, and when he does, he's been getting he's been getting battered out there, honestly. And Jalton, he's been going out there and knocking motherfuckers out nonstop. So, give me Jalton. Max, what do you think about all that Shamil? Yeah, lock it up for me. Almeida, 17-2, and two, is on a 12-fight win streak. Abdul Rakim, Rakimov, nope, sorry, Abdurakimov, I even wrote it in parentheses on how to pronounce it, and I still <laughs> I did too. <laughs> Abdurakimov um, is 20 and 7 and is on a three fight KO loss streak. This is a fucking easy pick. Um, I'm right in line with you, boys. There is no way in my eyes he gets this win here. Granted, now that I said that, he will probably get the win. But Almeida, like we all said, he's on the up and up, and Shamil is on the down. So, yeah, give me, give me Almeida. All right, three-person sweep on Jailton. I think that was a safe pick of the night. Like Jeff said, if he was a bitch, he should have took it, but it was the safest pick of the night for all of us. So next up, we had Cody Stamen taking on Luan Lucerta. Cody Stamen's one of them guys. He's just had so many huge fights, but he cannot come on, out on top on any of them. He just, like, cannot find his stride, but he's very well-rounded. He has great wrestling, great boxing. I think he started boxing at 16, and he's been wrestling his whole life. So he's just a good all-around fighter. He lacks real knockout power, though, and it's shown throughout his career. He just can't find a finish. Luan Lucerta, he's a little bit opposite. He kind of – he's shooting for the finish. He has a little more power in his hands than where Stamen excels in the wrestling. Luan Lucerta excels in the jiu-jitsu. So I was a little torn on picking this one. I had to rock with Stamen just because of the experience and everything he's learned throughout the years, but I think it could be a close one. What do you think, Max? Yeah, I had the exact same um, <clears throat> thoughts as you. So Lacerda is 12-1. and one. He's on a 10-fight win streak, but he's making his UFC debut. And I don't even think this is – I like, I don't even believe he was on the Dana White Contender Series. I think he's, this, he's going straight into the UFC. Um, Stamen is 25-1 and one and is coming off of a KO win over Eddie Wineland. Um, Lacerda is 
obviously making his debut. And from what I've seen, he's pretty grapple heavy submission artist, but, and I think what he's going to look to do is just that grapple uh, Cody Stamen. But like you said, Stamen's like pretty good all around, although he's mostly a boxer. Um, to me, like I said, I mentioned this in the first fight, uh, when the UFC debutee is going against, you know, someone as big of a veteran as Cody Stamen is, I'm not going to fade Cody Stamen in this position just because I think, I mean, he's fought some absolute killers in his time. Um, and he's just, I don't know, I, I'm going to pick him for sure. He's got more experience than um, Lacerda, and I, I like Cody Stamen in the spot. Although I could see Lacerda getting a win. Um, I believe he's a Brazilian, so he's in his home crowd. Jeff, you're rounding out the statement pick? Yep, no doubt. I mean, just like you guys said, I I can't go against a veteran going against someone in their debut. I just, especially for this fight, I mean, it's going to be a tough night out for Lacerda. Stamen, his only losses are to, honestly, like, like top dogs. So, I don't see... I mean, unless Lacerda can go out there and be a top dog right off the bat, hey, I think he can get it done. But other than that, nah, give me Stamen, unless Lacerda pulls something crazy out. Yeah, well, I have a feeling we'll all be agreeing on the next one, too, because here's another one, another debutee versus a super tough opponent who's super battle-tested. We got Tiago Moses taking on Melk Costa. I don't like this fight for Costa one bit, boys. I I couldn't find a way to like this fight for him. Tiago Moses, battle-tested grappler, who himself, he's only 27 years old, but it seems like he's been around forever. It's a super tough guy to have a USC debut, especially on short notice. I just think this is a nightmarish matchup for Costa. Fucking Tiago Moses has one of the only takedowns against Islam Makachev, who's right now probably, what, the third best fighter on the planet? Yeah. I just think this is just an awful matchup. Like Max said before this in the beginning of the show, they're kind of just feeding these guys cans this whole show. It's, I think it's going to get ugly for the prelims. And uh, one thing I noted, what the fuck is with Mick Maynard in, <laughs> in feeding these guys with the last name Costa to fucking animals? Do you oh, remember wow. that Armir Albazi fight? Yeah. How- that yeah. Guy, yeah, Alessandro Costa. Yeah, Alessandro he got absolutely rolled. Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what the fucking deal with that is, but Max, give us what you think. Well, I think what happened was a lot of short term or not short term, short notice fights. Like I'm pretty sure there was this. I'm pretty sure Tiago was supposed to fight Gut. Go, yeah, he was more, supposed to fight Guram Kutakale, say mm-hmm. or whatever. And um, I mean, Guram's just on a whole nother level. That being said, um, uh, Costa's like. He has more fights than Tiago Moises. He's 19 and 5. Um, but I mean, yeah, I'm the same. I'm not, I'm not like I said in the beginning, I'm gonna be fading a lot of these UFC debut picks. It's one thing if they're fighting like a mediocre fighter or you know, a younger fighter, but they're fighting like the picks that are the UFC debutees are fighting like these proven veterans in the UFC. So it's kind of scary. Um, one thing that's interesting about Costa is he has like a really, really substantial and impressive, um, uh, not amateur, but other like background uh, pre UFC. He's also the fighter with the vitiligo. He looks mm-hmm. like that, so he like looks super unique. And then he's his nickname's Milk. So, um, yeah, that's just some information I learned about him. I was kind of surprised to see him on the tape. Um, so he's gonna be an interesting fighter, and I think he is like 
um, marketable just because he, he's something unique. So that's a, something to keep out, keep an eye out. Like, I don't think if he loses, he's going anywhere unless he puts up a real stinker of a performance. But yeah, I'm taking Tiago Moises here. Like, no way. Jeff, we sweeping this pick too? Yep, sweeping it as well. Bring out the brooms. Tiago Moises, same shit y'all said. I mean. It's hard. What it's can hard. I say? It's hard with the way that this card is put up. I'm pretty sure we have one more fight that's on that's a UFC debut before we finally get into the fucking normal um matchups here. And picking against battle tested guys has never worked for us in this podcast. And I don't see why the fuck it's gonna work now. No, and you know what? Now that we're putting this all out there, they're all gonna fucking win. So who knows? <laughs> all right. Well, next fight we have the legendary Gregory Robocop Rodriguez taking his taking on a short notice Bruno Ferreira. The Robocop fan train is really starting to catch some steam, boys. And I, I think us three are on it after. I mean, I'm speaking for you guys, but after that last fight, I'm pretty sure we're all on it. Dude, he's, we saw his fucking brain through his the center of his fucking forehead. I'm on that <laughs> shit. I'll throw me on the Robocop train. So, yeah, yeah he's definitely. only he's he, I mean, he's 30 going on 50 in the face. Let's just be real yeah, about that. Cool. He's crazy looking. That's nickname but, in the UFC, by the way, like most fitting. Yeah, and he looks well beyond his years with his fight style, too, though. He's super composed. He's great on the feet. And he has this jujitsu black belt that he keeps in his back pocket that we've yet to see in the UFC, which, I mean, could come out at any time. The one big thing I had to take away from this fight is this Bruno Bruno Ferreira really comes out swinging. He comes out heavy. He throws absolute bombs. And I am so worried about that scar tissue right between Gregory Rodriguez's brow. And if you're a listener and don't know, he probably had, would you guys say, the worst cut in UFC history? Yeah, at least the worst I've ever fucking seen. That shit was, was gross. It was like that one in the Overeem lip from Francis. But this one was uh, Robocop got it checked out in the middle of rounds and kept fighting, got the win. But yeah, dude, you literally. Yeah, while his artery was showing right in between his fucking yeah. eyebrows. Yes. Oh, yeah, like and that. it was. It was a measly four months ago, so I am super – I think like Jeff said about Kopi Love, this will be a live after round one bet on RoboCop, but I would not bet anything before that. Yeah. I would really sit on the edge of your seat and watch out for that scar tissue to get hit in the first round, how it will hold up. But if it holds up, I think RoboCop should win this easy. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, I'm definitely rocking with RoboCop as well. I mean, like – like you said, I'm scared for that first round. I'm scared as fuck because, I mean, if you look at Bruno's background, he gets them out, and he gets them out quick. So that's about the only worry I have as well. So other than that, give me Bruno in an all-out war. Or not Bruno, RoboCop. <laughs> Max, what are you thinking? This is my uh, prelim pick of the night for the most, like, like I think, fun uh, fight that's going to be on the prelims. Um, he this was supposed to be Brad Tavares, correct? Correct. Like, yeah, that would have been a really good fight as well. Um, I'm get, I'm taking RoboCop. You guys said everything I need to say. I mean, this is this is going to be a fucking war, though. I'm really excited. Not that Ferrer is not a great fighter in his own right, but I mean, RoboCop is proven. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Now the next fight, it's gonna it's gonna be a bit emotional for the MMA fans. Yeah. But we finally get to see Shogun Huao make his retirement. I'm glad he gets to do it in his home country too. You hate to see when they string it out too long and they miss that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad to see he gets that. 
I mean, Shogun, Jesus Christ. In Pride, he beat Overeem twice. He beat Rampage. He beat Kevin Randleman. That was all just in Pride. Comes to the UFC, beats Forrest, Chuck Liddell, Mark, Com- Mark Coleman. In my opinion, that's enough to get you in the Hall of Fame as it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, or at least heavy consideration. And, I mean, he is taking on a pretty tough Ihor Potier, hailing from Ukraine. He's yet to have his breakout performance. He's just a tough guy, but I don't think he gets it here either. I just – I'm having a hard time seeing Potier's path to victory here because there's two things these old heads do when they get to the end of their career and they take these fights. They throw huge bombs or they wrestle you to death. They can't land those. And Potier, I don't think, has really proven the farewell against either of those styles. So, I think Shogun gets a storybook ending. What do you think, Max? Yep, I'm taking Shogun, even if I don't even – even if I didn't think he could win, I would take Shogun um, just for it's Shogun and it's the last opportunity for us to take him um, as a pick. So one of my favorite fighters of all time. And as I've gotten into covering the sport, um, just learning about the history and everything, he sticks out as one of the original stars, you know, and what he did and pride in an early UFC is absolutely fucking remarkable. And um, yeah, he changed the sport forever. He's a fucking legend. I love that he's going back to Brazil, like you said. Um, just a little background on the stats. Shogun is 27-13-1. He's on a two-fight loss streak. Going to be his last fight, like you said, Mike. Um, Potier is 18-3. is coming off of a TKO loss to ne- Nikolai Negumarenu. Do you, you like that pronunciation, boys? Uh, I wrote it out <laughs> in my school, so I wouldn't get in trouble here. And then, um, yeah, like I said, I could give you all this information and stats. We could talk styles, matchup, whatever, but give me Shogun. I'm not going to do that. Jeff, you taking who out? Yeah, I feel fucked up, but I'm not. <laughs> oh, you dude. <laughs> no <laughs> way. I'm not. <laughs> Fucking villain. Dude, watching his last fight, I mean, he just looked out of it. He looked way too slow. He couldn't land much. Uh, I'm look. I'm scared for old Shogun. I I don't want it to end this way. Yeah, I'm really hoping he can go out on top in Brazil. Please, dear God. Yeah, I think I think Potier might piece him the fuck up right in Brazil. It's going to be sad. Dude, being a I, bit of a fucking hater. What do you think, Max? Yeah, dude, I'm not trying to be a hater. He's fucking. <laughs> he's he reinvented the wheel in UFC and all that, but God damn, dude, he's he's getting smacked. I'm sorry. Dude. Um, if the Frankie Edgar situation happens, I might, I might cry. <laughs> like that was, oh, no. dude, that made me feel ill. We talked about that with, uh, Selecki, but yeah, dude, that was, that was vomit inducing. Yeah. That literally made me physically ill watching yeah. that. I, my roommates and I were like, Oh, that just, I had to like go for a walk. Well, <laughs> fingers crossed. I don't get nausea on Saturday. I'm really rooting for who in this position. Yeah. Cause all that crab max. Yeah, crab- <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Oh, for fuck's sakes, dude. All right. Um, what's the next fight, Mike? So next up, we got the Bear Jew, Paul Craig, taking on our boy, Johnny Walker. And Jeff, I'm not even going to dive into this one because I wanted to hear what you said because you've had a lot to say about Johnny Walker on this podcast. I want to hear what you think about this fight. Dude, I don't fucking know, honestly. I mean, both of these fighters are kind of brain dead, not going to (laughs) lie. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, Paul Craig pulls guard the whole fucking fight and thinks that's going to work in a fucking light heavyweight fight. I don't know why. And then 
<laughs> Johnny Walker, he is the inflatable tube man. Nothing more, nothing less. He is the inflatable tube man. He's fucking a bunch of erratic movements and all. Yeah, he's the type of guy to um, hurt himself celebrating. Oh, wait, he fucking did that. Um, yeah, so I definitely can see Paul Craig trying to pull guard here. Johnny Walker hitting him with some weird body kicks while he's laying down on his back. And it might go to decision that way. Or I can definitely see Johnny Walker pouncing on him while he's trying to pull guard or some shit. Or take Johnny Walker down and getting a TKO some way like that. But if Paul Craig actually pulls out a heel hook while laying on his back like fucking Riley Reed, my my <laughs> mind. <laughs> <laughs> like Riley Reed? <laughs> Dude, fuck. <laughs> dude, that's why no, Did you watch the last fucking fight? Max, oh, please give us your synopsis and good luck following that up. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I had a question about the Bear Jew nickname. Is that be- is he Jewish and like because he has a beard, they gave him like the name Bear, like for the in the gay community, they call hairy men bears, or is that is that a, is Bear Jew a different probably because he lays on his fucking back the whole time too? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I was just wondering because I saw that his nickname was fucking Bear Jew and I had a couple of questions. I, um, I think he's legitimately Jewish. There's a huge Jewish population in Ukraine. So I would, I, I think he's from uh, Kiev too, which is kind of crazy. Wait, 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 Paul Craig? Yeah. Paul Craig's from Scotland. No, he's born, but he's, you, wait, or am I thinking of Potiera? Yeah, you're thinking of Potiera. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know why he's the bear to that. Yeah, you're everything you said was right except for Paul Craig being from Ukraine. Potter yeah. from Kiev. There is a large Jewish population in the Ukraine. Um, yeah, Cooperage, right. Scotland. Yeah, so I don't know oh. what the bear Jew nickname is. It's probably some weird Scottish word for like fork or something. Um, to me, <laughs> this fight is fucked. Like just like Jeff said. I don't understand these two fighters. They're two of my least favorite fighters. Um, I've been very vocal about Johnny Walker as well. Um, and I've also been very, very vocal about uh, Paul Craig, especially after that fucking horrific fight, that last fight, which was an embarrassment um, in London. I think that was in London. It was in England. And anyways, I'm going to take Johnny Walker, but I don't feel good about it. Um, I could see Johnny Walker getting a decision or a knockout. Um, if, if it goes where Johnny's able to avoid the takedowns just with his weirdness. Um, but I could also see the minute that Johnny Walker t- uh, falls on the ground, Paul Craig submitting him. And I really have no idea. I'm just going to lean Johnny Walker. Cause I don't like Paul Craig more than I don't like Johnny Walker. Yeah. I don't understand this fight one bit either, because when these guys are at their best, they are legitimately like top fivers in the weight class. Yeah. And when they're at their worst, like Jeff said, it's just fucking pitiful. I mean, fucking Paul Craig has already beat Jamal Hill, who's fighting for the title on the same card, and he beat Magomed Ankalaev, who just yeah. recently fought for the title. So I just, I don't know. Yeah, I'm leaning a little bit Walker, too, but I'm with you guys. This is just confusing. I don't even know how you could make a bet on this fight. It's, yeah. Is there a bet to make it, like, it's going to be a confusing-ass fight? Because if there was, <laughs> I'd Mine is fucking 2,000. finish. Yeah, for yeah, something weird's gonna happen. Minus two thousand. Um, <laughs> Wackiness? Question mark. <laughs> yes, um, no. 
<laughs> um, all right, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with the rest of the main card. All right, our first fight off the main card. It's, it's a pretty big women's matchup. It's perfect placement right smack in the middle of the main card, too. It's Jessica Andrade taking on Lauren Murphy. This was another one for me, boys. It was it was hard to call. I just think they have very similar styles. They both kind of play like fucking bully ball. They both kind of big body you. I mean, Andrade, though, has looked about unbeatable outside of her title fight against Shevchenko, and she's completely in her prime at 31. I'm leaning a little on draw just because of the just because of that speed, youth, athleticism. She's in her prime. Lauren Murphy looks to be on her way out. So that was the only reason I was really leaning on draw, but I think this could be a close fight. What do you think, Max? Yeah, I completely second. I'm this is gonna be an awesome fight. I can tell you that much. I'm really, really looking forward to this fight. Uh both these ladies are fucking complete warriors. Lauren Murphy, 16 and 5, coming off of a unanimous decision win over Misha Tate, where she absolutely peace Tate up it was to the point where i was hoping they would call it um i remember coming back on here and saying that uh we were really impressed with tate just for making it through um andrade is 23 and 9 and is on a two-fight finishing streak with a submission win and a tko win um other than me being excited for this fight i think andrade is gonna win but i don't feel super confident about it but i think um just I think she's a little bit of a level above Lauren Murphy, but what we saw Lauren Mur- Murphy do to Misha Tate really makes this pick hard because that was a really, really good performance, but I'm not sure if I can decide whether or not it was Misha Tate not being the same Misha Tate as before and kind of getting on the way out, or if it was Lauren Murphy being that much better. So because of that factor, because Jessica Andrade is at home, because she seems to be like just a little bit of a step above Lauren Murphy. I'm going to take Andrade as well. Yeah, just to piggyback on you real quick, too, what kind of made me feel worse about just completely riding Andrade is that this feels very similar to Ketlin Vieira and Raquel Pennington to me. Yeah. And I think we all picked Ketlin Vieira for kind of the same yeah. reasons, and it did not work out. Jeff, who are you taking in this one? He's about to take yeah, one. Even though Andrade suffered a massive loss to Valentina as well, Dude, I cannot get the picture of fucking Valentina crucifixing Lauren Murphy and absolutely wiping the floor with her. And <laughs> dude, Andrade, her grappling's up there with the best for the women's division. I mean, she, I think she is the best women's grappler easily. She's fucking ridiculous. And I mean, I don't know what else to say. I think Andrade might go out there and sub her and maybe sub a minute wow yeah and i do think it's pretty fair to say too she's probably the best female fighter that's not a champion right now yeah I like i would confidently say especially after Vieira lost last week i think i would pretty confidently say that all yeah. right well this next one boys i gotta say i was very torn i love both these guys they've both been around forever got the haitian sensation neil magni coming up against gilbert burns this was such a hard one for me to pick. Neil Magny comes off a huge win over Daniel Rodriguez, which is holding a lot of weight right now after he just beat the leech. And Gilbert Burns is coming off performance of a lifetime against Hamza Tamayev, which in some people's head, I don't know if you necessarily say he won, but he was pretty damn close. One thing that alarms me, though, about this is Magny has had such a tough time against legitimately good wrestlers and grapplers. Like, he got ragdolled versus Shavkat. 
And it, I mean, it didn't look good at all. And Gilbert is all we know. Gilbert and Herbert, I mean, we all know it. They're like the creme de la creme for grappling and wrestling. That just scares me for Magny. Magny's going to come in looking a lot bigger, and he's had his successes grappling as well, but I don't think he'll be matched to Gilbert. I'm taking Gilbert by decision. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, I I mean, I feel like it might be a little bit more stand-up than a lot of people are thinking just because Gilbert kind of, after that big show with Hamzat, that really upped his name a lot. And especially he he was like the only man to really rock Usman be, before Leon, too. So, I mean, his stand-up's there, and I think there's going to be a lot more stand-up in this, and I'm also taking Gilbert as well, but I'm scared Neil Magny's going to pull out some dumb shit and get the win. You don't think if it's stand-up, Magny has the edge? You're taking Gilbert? Yeah. What do you think, Max? What are you leaning, stand-up or wrestling? Um, well, every time we think that the – burns brothers are gonna fucking wrestle um herbert do i need to remind you guys what the fuck happened <laughs> I, yeah, I the most embarrassing he quit he straight up quit on the mat i've never seen anything like that before in my entire life old gibby was on the side trying to get him back into it he was not fucking <laughs> Gibby. <laughs> so that was fucked um i don't know i i do think it's gonna be a stand and bang and obviously if it is that it's gonna be neil magny however you know how much I fucking love Hamzat and how good of a prospect I think he is. And and Gilbert was able to not only take it to decision, but honestly does have a an argument for winning that fight. And I think Hamzat is better than Deal, Neil, not Deal, Neil Magny. So using that weird MMA logistic, I think that uh, Gilbert Burns, I mean, you're getting a pissed off Gilbert Burns who is sounding, who's been pissed off about everything from Hamzat on Twitter to Bilal Muhammad taking his spot in the rankings. And you're also getting him in front of this absolutely insane home crowd, which I do think is actually going to make a difference. Um, I'm going to take Gilbert as well. Isn't it weird? MMA is like the one sport where the math never makes sense. No, never like there's sense. no rhyme or reason for the math. Yeah. And usually that's not a good way to judge, judge fights. But I think in this instance where it's super close, I think that's like we're splitting hairs here. So you got to use whatever you can. Yeah, I think a clean sweep of Gilbert was pretty fair. I'm pretty sure he's a pretty heavy betting favorite, too. So I think that's a pretty fair pick for us, sorry. Yeah. All right, let's hop into the co-main event. I mean, this is this is highly anticipated in my book. I think everyone's ready for this this saga to be over with. But I'm I'm kind of excited for this one, I got to say. Is it is it a quadilogy? Is that what it's called? That's what Man, we Did anyone know. find out? That's what we know. It's four of them. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> you can call it quadilogy. I think we keep it at quadilogy. Yeah, we could even trademark the term. Yeah, let's it's do quadildo it. Quadildo <laughs> That must have watched the porn before this fucking episode, dude. <laughs> dude, he's yeah. off a bean. He's off the fucking. I, oh my god, I wish we had a Bluetooth plug. Yeah. Oh, I wish we did too. All right, Bluetooth, uh, hit hit us up. Yeah, the quad. All right, so back to the quad Bluetoothology. <laughs> So we got Figueredo taking on Brandon Moreno, as everyone knows. The fr- Let's go through the fights real quick. So first fight was obviously the famous point deduction. Second fight, Moreno comes out, subs him, or subs Figueredo. And then the last fight, I'm going to ask you guys, last fight, who did you guys think won? Figueredo got the decision, but who did you guys honestly think won? Jeff? Not going to lie, night of, I thought Moreno won, 
But then again, I had a lot of money on Moreno, so yeah, who knows? But looking back on it, I definitely think Figueredo won. And yeah. Max, what do you think about the third fight? Um, I'm trying to remember. I remember in the moment thinking Figueredo. Um, I still, I'm tr- I I don't remember many of the key fights or like parts of the fight. But I'm gonna stick. I'm pretty sure I thought Figueredo the whole time. Yeah, I think I did too. I can't remember a lot of it either, but I do remember thinking Figueredo won. So after going back and forth in this saga, I was really having a hard time picking, but I've, I'm confidently gonna go in this one, Lena Moreno. I just think Figueredo's dealt more damage last fight with the three huge knockdowns, but I think outside of that, I don't know how bad he really beat Moreno. Moreno's volume was better. His striking was better, I think, outside of the knockdowns himself. The only thing Moreno's got to get out of, he keeps having these slow starts. He did it with Car France. He's done it against Figueredo. He can't get caught up in those slow starts because Figueredo throws some fucking bombs, and you don't want to be hurt early. So I'm going to I'm going to lean Moreno to weather the early storm and take him to a decision win, but it's going to be an absolute war. What do you think, Max? I know I've said this for every single one, but this one's so fucking hard to pick. Um, And I think, honestly, this one is the hardest one to pick because it's a one. It's a quadrilogy. These guys are so much more familiar. They're more familiar with each other than I think any other two fighters in the history of the UFC, because this is the first quadrilogy. So, I mean, these guys know what the other one's going to do. I can't see them either one making so much of a drastic change that they're going to bring these like new looks that the other guy hasn't seen. And because of that, I I think I'm going to go with Figueredo. Um, I saw a picture of him. He looks absolutely fucking ripped, um, like disgustingly ripped. Um, and I don't know. I really like Moreno. Moreno is the, the fighter I like more like personality wise and things of that nature. But I just think Figueroa is on a fucking heater right now, and I think he's going to capitalize off of that decision win. Not to mention, as I've as I've talked about a lot on this podcast already, the home home crowd, um, just lifting up Figueroa. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna slightly lean Figueroa here. Jeff, which way are you leaning? Yeah, I'm definitely going Figueroa on this one. I mean, Brandon Moreno, he has this problem. I mean, we didn't see it in Kai Car France fight, obviously. But every time in these fights, I feel like he he lands these combinations, but he doesn't land hard enough ever. And that really screws him over. And Figueredo, he always comes with power no matter what. And that always does the more damage to the judges. And I feel like I feel like that's gonna happen as well again. And it's gonna to go to decision and Figueredo's gonna beat him out just like the last fight. Yeah, I think we might see kind of a second fight-esque Marina. Maybe he'll come out guns blazing, try to end it early. But I I do somewhat agree with you guys. I'm still going to lean Marina, but Figueredo's fucking scary. And he seems to just have Marina's number in my book. Yeah. So here we go. The big main event of the night. Old-ass Glover <laughs> taking on Sweet Dreams Jamal Hill. This was one, boys, I got to say. I don't know if I've ever felt more confident about a main event that Glover is going to win. I was thinking today, and I just – I can't see a path of victory that Jamal Hill could take. I don't think he can knock out Glover. Glover's got to send a, a chin of steel. He definitely can't out-wrestle Glover. And, like, is this Glover's old narrative ever going to run out? Like, he was old against Yeri. 
He won the whole entire fight outside of the sub. He was, I mean, he's been old all of his last five fights, and he's put on either a hell of a performance or straight up one. I think that Glover's old narratives ran out. I think there's also levels to the UFC, and Glover's on a whole nother level than Jamal Hill. I think he's going to clean the floor at Jamal Hill. Jeff, what do you think? Yeah, I'm definitely rocking out with Glover, even though I love me some Jamal Hill. He's a fucking, he's everything you want in a fighter. Like I said earlier, kind of like with Terrence McKenney, he fucking gets gets them in and gets them at. I mean, nothing more, nothing less. He'll get you out there quick. But damn, like you said, Mike Glover, he's just he's too well rounded. He is Timmy Duncan. Straight, he's the <laughs> oh Tim Duncan gosh. of MMA. We totally have to do a UFC to NBA player comparison episode. Um during the summer or something, because that is a great fucking comparison. Dude, that was fucking perfect. Okay. Hit the nail on the head with that one. Max, Dude, which way are you leaning? Wait, Jeff, did you have anything more before I go? Yeah, I, I was just saying, I mean, there's just more avenues, I feel, for Glover to get the win. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Jamal Hill knocks him out in the first round on some nut shit. Jeff, do you think he retires if he gets knocked out in the first round? I think he might retire no matter what. Oh, he wins. <laughs> Me too. So he wins Me the too. and then retires. Literally. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. And then what, Even more uh, shambles. So then what? Jamal Hill versus Anthony Smith for the fucking title? Negative. They better throw my man fucking Jan back in that mix or some shit. Give me Jan Ankalaev too. Oh. <laughs> Snooze Fest 2. Um, all right. That's yeah. That's snooze. Te- snooze fest two. Sweet dreams. That's what it's gonna be called. Um. <laughs> all right. I'm gonna run the table and take Glover. Uh, Glover's thirty three and eight, coming off that submission loss and an all timer fight against Yuri. Maybe the best fight of all time, arguably. Um. And then Jamal Hill is eleven and one. He's on a three fight KO streak. You guys said it best. Glover has been there before. He's gone the distance. Um. He's fought. You know like a who's who of fucking killers he's i don't know i don't see someone i know Pereira just did it but i i really don't see um another guy doing like 12 12 fights in in his entire career before he wins the fucking belt um especially against an absolute legend like um clover and again final time i'm gonna mention it he's in his fucking home crowd i really do think that matters i I don't know. I'm I'm taking Glover here, and it's also the guy who I want to win, even though I do like Jamal Hill. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot more beneficial for the division for Jamal Hill to win, but I, I'm just not seeing it because Jamal Hill Yuri matchup next year would be fucking fantastic, but I'm not seeing it. Who says it doesn't happen next year? Still, yeah, it might. Jamal's still young. This is honestly, I see why. Like, I see why Jamal definitely takes the fight and. Why, but I mean, I don't see why he's favored it at all. Yeah, and then, I mean, and even fucking, yeah, I don't see that either. And then, even if a striking heavy, like boxing style, like Jamal Hill becomes champion, even if it's just for one, like one title fight, no defense, I feel like it kind of like revitalizes the division a little bit. And this division needs it so fucking bad, boys. This division is in shambles, they need it terribly bad. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the card. And Max, you want to run through the picks? Okay. 
the picks are as follows. Jeff, his Hammy Sosa lock of the night was Terrence McKinney. Um, Jeff then picked Terrence McKinney, Halton Almeida, Cody Stamen, Tiago Moises, Robocop, Ihor Potiera, Johnny Walker, Jessica Andrade, Gilbert Burns, Davison Figueredo, and Glover Tejera. Mikey's uh, NyQuil fight of the night was Terrence McKinney, and he picked Halton Almeida, Cody Stamen, Tiago Moises, Robocop, Shogun Hua, Johnny Walker, Jessica Andrade, Gilbert Burns, Brandon Moreno, and Glover Tejera. My prelim pick of the night was Robocop versus Ferreira. And I picked Terrence McKinney, Halton Almeida, Cody Stamen, Tiago Moises, Robocop, Shogun Hua, Johnny Walker, Jessica Andrade, Gilbert Burns, uh, Davison Figueredo, and Glover Chisera. So those were our picks for UFC 283. Yeah, and that'll wrap up the card. Be sure to check out our Joe Selecki interview that'll be out within the next, sometime within the next week. Join up on our verdict. Get your dirty, degenerate hands on a pot of money. We get enough people. We'll put up some cash for the top winner. And uh, thanks for listening.